Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I'm your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter, copy strategist, and founder of Copyworks. Join me each week as I speak with experts in the fields of marketing, copywriting, decision-making, psychology, and more, all with one goal, to help you attract your ideal customers and inspire them to take action. Guest today is Hannah Zabo. Hannah is the head of operations at Digital Brand Kit, Hannah fell down the strategy ops rabbit hole after graduating from university and still hasn't figured out how to climb out, she says. But she's okay with it because she loves it there. So for Hannah, it's not about having all the answers. It's about asking the right questions to find the answers. So she is a confessed startup junkie who, after taking a few laps around the world, landed and settled in Brazil. She says she's afraid of the passive voice, rhetorical questions, and accidentally leaving the oven on. She also speaks four languages, which I am so super impressed with. I'm going to ask her about that when we get started. So in today's episode, Hannah digs into commenting on LinkedIn, brand equity via commenting, using comments to show, not tell your copywriting chops. And she even created a special PDF just for listeners of this podcast with a link down in the show notes. So let's dive right in. All righty, Hannah, thank you so much for taking time to speak with me today. This is going to be a really fun conversation. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, we met on LinkedIn because you were leaving some pretty epic comments on people's posts. And so before we get into that, though, you had mentioned to me that you speak four languages. Is this true? This is true. Yes. <laughs> Arabic, French, Portuguese, and English. Although um, Portuguese is my my last language that I've learned. And I only picked it up on the street because I actually, uh, surprise, surprise, I live in Brazil. That's so interesting. So can you briefly, like, how did you get into learning? Because my mother's Japanese. My father's Italian. They both were from those countries. And I didn't learn anything but English. So I'm always like, that's one regret I have because I don't know why they never taught me anything. <laughs> yes. So do both of your parents then speak those languages? No. Well, they they both passed on, but my mom was fluent in, she was literally from Japan. My dad was in the Air Force and he was stationed in Japan. So he met her there and she just gradually lost her ability to speak Japanese over all the years that she was here. And, and my dad, I think he knew some Italian, but he, I don't know if he was fluent in it. I never knew, but they, they didn't want to confuse me. And so they didn't speak it around me. But so how did you well, learn? Did you learn as a child? These different no, it was just an innate curiosity for wanting to, to explore the cultures. I grew up in a, in a sheltered conservative Midwest town and was just, itching to get out and see the world and explore. And so bounced around a bit, lived abroad in a few different countries, and then ended up settling down in Brazil because I fell in love with this country and um, my, my now husband. <laughs> but um, not to cut to the chase, I think languages were an entry point for me into learning how to be curious and how to think critically about things, which are like the foundational tools that manifest through and that you see through these comments okay. on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, it makes sense. And the thing is with commenting, it seems like, well, who doesn't know how to comment on LinkedIn? I mean, you see a post, you make a remark, but the problem is a lot of people 
are leaving lame comments like just, hey, great post or, you know, something like just you don't even know if they read the post. So what is it that made you like, did you start out immediately just engaging with people? Like, how did you become known as the as the comment queen on LinkedIn? Well, thank you. I um, I did not self-coordinate. My buddy, Matt Thomas, picked up on this and wrote a 36-page carousel all about my comments. Um, we got over 500, 500 comments on that guide and 300 reactions. So that's where it all started, but in terms of officially, right? Officially. But a couple steps more upstream than that, I broke all the rules of freelancing. And by that, I mean, I cozied up with one client. I was loyal. This client was loyal to me for several years. And again, like, so I didn't diversify my client base. And I also didn't pester them when I received late invoices. And so one month, two months, three months, four months, five months, oh, no. they promised, right? I see how this works. Um, until month five, I realized, oh, the company's bankrupt and I was lied to. So at that point, right, again, like if I had actually listened to all the people giving advice on how to be a solid freelancer, I would have avoided the situation. So I'm like drowning here, like, oh my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I was like, okay, people, LinkedIn, they say it's a place to like, I don't know, find people, network. Ah. And so I started going to LinkedIn and just observing human behavior. What are people doing on this platform? Super naive, super clueless into the functions, how people are gamifying this, like, comment on 30 posts a day. I just went in totally new, new and realized through commenting, I could test some ideas that I've just been running in my head as well as get free advice, right? Because it's, can I pick your brain on this? But it's through the comments. And so now that becomes public content for that creator to put their expertise on display. And that rolled into one thing, another thing, another thing. And then I just, here I am today. That's interesting. So did you... When you were posting and commenting on other people's posts, did you see that other people were leaving kind of lame comments? Like, was it something you noticed? Like, why is no one else commenting like me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's really easy to pick up. Yes, I I noticed that. And it was an easy, because let's be honest, the stakes were so low. I felt like this was an easy entry point for me to arbitrage. Now people are being more, are more refined. I'm starting to maybe program my algorithm to see people that have second, third, fourth order thinking, more developed critical thinking skills and not solely there for the transactional relationship. Mm-hmm. But I did on that really easy. And it's it leads us into a broader conversation of what are words? Words are just tools, a conduit of your mind, okay? And they reveal a lot. And and words are just one way we communicate. We communicate, you know, you can punch someone, jab them. That's not the best way to communicate, but it. (laughs) And so if we think of words as tools, as conduits of the mind, you get to understand, you can kind of reverse engineer. What are they thinking? Are their thoughts clear? Hmm. Are they thinking critically about things? Are they doing this just so that they can take a box off on their Google sheet that says they need to engage with the, you know, top 10 accounts in their ideal customer profile? Uh, That's pretty easy to see through. And so, yeah, the stakes were low, the bar was low, and it was an easy arbitrage, which now, if you think about it, the bar keeps going up. 
And so people need to learn how to not treat this public forum as a place to name drop, link drop, all of a sudden promote themselves. This is social social media. Right. And I think people, I think it's changing, but I don't know if it's just because I've been on there for a while and and it just seems like it's changing to me. But years ago, you know, you'd hear about, like I used to go on and just post a link to my blog. I didn't know, you know, that's whatever. I thought that's what you do. And I never got engagement. And I thought, well, it's just the way it is. LinkedIn is not about engagement. It's what I thought. And then, you know, two years ago, two and a half years ago, now I started, you know, changing my approach. And I think what's funny and fun is that you get to kind of create your own little tribe, like people who are always commenting. But the only danger there, and I say danger, it's just that if if your goal is to attract more business, that you do want to expand into the decision makers and make sure that you're commenting on their posts. Do you make that a conscious effort to to find particular people? You're right there. I think there's value. There's definitely, I believe, <laughs> there is value in being strategic with how you engage your time on LinkedIn, okay? There are some things that are finite in this light, and just accept that time is finite. And so how do we, any time that you spend engaging, maybe in, let's just call them trivial or accounts that won't actually move your business, if you're thinking very transactional here, is time displaced from engaging with the ones that, that can move your business forward. Right. I get that money. I want to go out to the grocery store and buy food to eat as well. Um, (laughs) And that said though, it has to come from a place of abundance and not scarcity. And so it's interesting that you picked up on that, just like that tribe. And, and really that's almost the danger here Mm -hmm. is that you build a tribe, you know, if you go on one end and you just be very careful, cavalier about it and just engaging just for fun, having fun. It's a place to blow off steam. That's great. But then on the other hand, there's on the other side of the spectrum, there's this gamify, gamify, track metrics. I mean, you don't do that for your neighborhood. Like I need to bake cookies for the Joneses and then I need to ring these many doorbells and then talk to these many neighbors. You know, let's try and make it a little more organic. Um, But I think there is space the middle to find, okay, how can I be strategic with my time? Find those accounts I need to engage with, the places I can be in, as well as build relationships, maybe tangential, because you don't, you never know. Right. Yeah. What I do is, and tell me if this is kind of your approach, I I will engage with people who always engage with me. It's almost like a karmic mm-hmm. thing, you know, like I'll, if, cause there's people who will never hire me. They're not really, the, I like them as people. So I will comment on their post, but then I'll do that for a limited time. And because when I stopped doing that, I noticed that they'll reach out to me and say, Hey, where have you been? And I can't say, well, I know you're not ever going to hire me. So, <laughs> but I try this. So I'll do that just for fun. And uh, it's almost like the water cooler type of thing. And then I'll go back and I'll look specifically at titles, you know, where people are working, what they do. And then I'll read, you know, a lot of those people though, don't post that often, but the ones that do, I will make sure I read what they've said, and then try to either expand on something they said or ask a question. I mean, what do you think is a good approach? Like say it's someone that, you know, you are using a strategy where you're looking for more work. Is there anything in particular that you would suggest or that you do to, in the comments, you know, to get more interaction or have them notice you? 
Yeah, there are some ways, and and we see big big creators preaching about these strategies of how to be strategic and get the attention because that's what it's all about. That's the name of the game if we're playing it. And so, of course, low hanging fruit strategies would be to to identify who those big creators are and then making sure you're being like the first to comment on their post. I've done this a few times serendipitously um, and Hadley is someone and I, I was happened to be the very first person to comment on this and they said something mildly witty. Follower count went up. It was great. The other way, and this comes from, this is a little bit harder to do is don't come off as desperate. Right. Like I said, words are conduits of your mind. What is your mind thinking? If you are desperate or insecure, trust me, that shows in your comments. And so this is where you have to think about social capital, financial capital. What's that? It's the dollars, the money that's in your bank account. Social capital, it's kind of hard to quantify, qualify for that reason, but it's built by giving. Not giving and being exploited, but giving and not expecting anything in return. It's very amorphous. It's elusive. People don't like that because there isn't a, it's not easy to tie back. Like, oh, when I left that one comment, when I was so generous those eight times on my comments, that's how it turned into me landing this client deal, which we're so quick to want data and get the data to make decisions that we sometimes forget human element, which is social capital. And so number one, my advice is don't be desperate. Don't come across as from a scarcity mindset and really use, I, I call it your critical thinking toolbox. And these are Socratic questions, various different ways, let's call them tools to poke at, chisel away, at this person's post, you said, Linda, that you were saying you try and expand the conversation. Like, what are some techniques that you use to leave a good comment? For me, I look at what, like, I try to pull at one point. I did that this morning with a couple of people who I follow who are marketing leaders. And I will pull out something I can relate to, something I've read a study about. It's a lot of times what I do because I'm very kind of research oriented. I'm very sciencey and and I like backing up things with something I've read or heard because it proves their point. Or I will say, oh, in addition to, I also heard blah, blah. So they know that I've read something that enables them to know that I've read what they wrote and didn't just, you know, leave some lame comment. The, the thing I don't do enough and I keep reminding myself and then forgetting about it is to ask questions because when you ask the person a question, they almost have to engage with you, right? I mean, do you do that too? Yes. So everything you just said are all, all our tools in my little toolbox that I have. And by the way, for anyone listening, um, I do have a guide on how to leave good comments and not just, it's not just fluffy stuff. I, it, there are a series of questions, toolbox, misconceptions. So you can find that link in the show notes. I Yeah, we will do that. Yeah. And it, it provides structure to this entire conversation so that you can go forth and comment well. Everything you said, Linda, is part of this toolbox. Um, an analogy I like to use to conceptualize this is basketball. Okay, I'm super sorry for the sports analogy. I don't like sports either, but let's pretend we're playing a game of basketball and I am dribbling the ball 
Okay. And I throw it to you. When I, that throw is the creator's post. Okay. They're giving you the ball, the prompt. They're almost like prompting you to say something about it. Okay. You have two options. You can stand there with the ball and just hold it. Nice post. Awesome. (laughs) Great. Love it. Cool, bro. Right. We've seen all those. Genius. Yeah. You know, genius. Couldn't have said it better. Um, That's stopping the ball. What you want to do is you want to dribble the ball down the court. Apparently, I I don't know. I always faked gym class with my (laughs) menstrual cramps. I don't really know how the game goes, but apparently you want to dribble it down the court and then pass it back. And so you're dribbling it down the court. You're furthering the point some way and then passing it back to them. Tag, you're it sort of thing until you score a basket in the end, which is kind of like a high five or we, we worked out a tough idea together. Yay. And close it off. That's how I approach commenting. The only, yeah, the only thing I find too is I, I love that and I do that as much as possible, but sometimes the person, cause this has happened a number of times to me, like I will find right. somebody who is in a decision-making role for me, which would be like a VP of marketing or something. And they don't really post that much. Or when I post something, they don't post back. And that's something you hear about it all the time from all, you know, LinkedIn people that you need to, you need to interact. You need to create and develop your own personal brand in addition to the company that you're representing. And still a lot of people don't do that. You know, so it gets frustrating. And that's, um, that's why I always start out with just my friends on LinkedIn. Like I know people are going to respond to me just to get the ball rolling. And then I will post something and then I'll go back and see who, you know, who's commented on whatever it is I've posted and that kind of thing. But what about like, people are always complaining about the LinkedIn algorithm. Like, especially lately, it's been really frustrating, apparently. What's your take on that? And how is that affecting commenting, if at all? I have a very, uh, Vanilla take on it, as well as a little more spicy take. Uh, the vanilla take is what everyone says. Don't base your strategy on an algorithm that you don't control because that's borrowed media. Make sure you have your own media. Yes, that's important. If you don't have an email list, if you're not collecting leads that you own, then it, it's very dangerous to be dependent on the algorithm. But more importantly, the algorithm's not going to come to your funeral. So let's stop worshiping it. Let's stop fretting about it. Let's stop, you know, sacrificing. Oh, the algorithm hates me today. Like, I'm selling our girls to the algorithm. Because, like, calm, calm, cool, collected. It's not in LinkedIn's best interest to, to make it so miserable for you that you leave the platform. So let's remember that higher goal. They might be tweaking it behind the scenes. And that's great. You know, don't post your links in the, don't copy paste links for the post, always put them in the comments. There's all these little tricks and tips. But what you do need to know is that the latest algorithm update, if this is, and this is very pertinent to commenting, is now the algorithm reads the comments on someone's post to ascertain, is this person authoritative? Do they have expertise? And are they trustworthy? Right. And so if you go around leaving nice posts, post. Cool. Oh my gosh. Great. I actually posted about this yesterday. The algorithm is going to pick that up mm-hmm. and it's going to signal that your post, that you don't have a strong following, mm-hmm. that the people that comment on your post are kind of like, nobody's not worth it. Because if you are 
garnering the type of comments that are quality and that are furthering the conversation that are getting people to think critically about a topic, it must mean that you hold some kind of influence. Boom, 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 yay. Let's promote your post in the newsfeed. If you're slinging those comments, that's like slinging poop on people's windows. Don't do it. So you want to offer, and that, like you said, that's valuable to both you as the creator and also the people who are reading your post. Because I've seen that and I've noticed that lately, I've because of that, I've really focused on trying to really limit personal stories, which I didn't do a lot anyway. And when I did, it was always to lead into a business point. But I've cut back on that. And what I'm doing, which is taking me more time, but getting me a lot more engagement is to spend more time on what I'm doing. Like I have some, a couple of ideas now that are going to take me a while to hash out. And they're like, one of them is, you know, readability. Like, cause somebody posted about that yesterday, how we used to read and, oh, you have to read like in number seven and somebody else commented, I don't even know who posted this, but they said, oh, that's all changed. And so they provided a link to a study and I got on that study and I'm like, there's so much to know, but that's not going to be a simple pose for me. I'm going to have to dig through that. I'm going to have to look at, you know, the whole thing. And, but those are the kinds of posts that are getting a lot of traction. You know, just, you really put thinking behind it. Exactly. And there's that common complaint. Everyone's like, this is coming into Facebook. I don't want to know about like your, you know, your vacation at the lake house last weekend. Like, I'm not going to comment on how to post, what to post, but I will say that those sort of meaty posts that get you to think, you to think differently are valuable. And it is what LinkedIn is incentivizing algorithmically. I really liked your last post about the switch. Um, oh, is that, yeah, that was something that's been kind of brewing in my mind for a while. And it's one of those copywriting um, strategies that people don't think about and, it was something I posted about quite a while ago because I do use Shield, the Shield app, and I'll go through <laughs> and see what I've done and written in the past. And what I do is I repurpose ones that are popular. Sometimes I'll turn them into a carousel. That one didn't lend itself to being a carousel. So it's about the switch, which is when you know a person decides to hire you or use your product or take you up on your call to action. And there's something, there's always something that they are not, that they're leaving behind, even if it's status quo. And so that's, it's just something that people need to really consider, like how are you going to get people off the fence? That's the switch. So yeah, that took me, I mean, it didn't take me a long time because I had written about it before, but I expanded on it. I ran it through chat GPT to improve it, which never does for me for some reason. It always makes it worse. (laughs) I (laughs) I use organized things and, and, and to outline, but every time I say, can you make this more just to see what it does, you know, make this more engaging. And it, I'm reading this. I'm like, I don't talk like that. It just, it comes up in way too many exclamation points. I'm like, okay, my job is safe right now. I feel very secure. So. <laughs> but speaking of like self-serving, is there anything in particular like copywriters? Cause I do have a lot of copywriter followers. How should we leave comments? Like, is there a different approach that you would say to, to really bring out that, you know, Hey, I'm a copywriter. Hey, I'm a copywriter. So I do actually have, well, the thing is, what do we always say in copywriting? Show, don't tell. Okay. So how do we, like, let's use our comments to show, not tell, that we're witty, that we can think on the spot, that we're funny, that we can play on words. That, I've gotten so many, not 
followers, DMs. Hey, do you have this? Can you do this for me? Uh, that's like real easy revenue to re- realize. And so if you're a copywriter, that commenting place, that's your stage. Go right. out, go support people, say something witty, make people laugh, make people engage in part of the conversation. Because if you can show that you can do that through your comments, then you can, you're proving that you can do that with any piece of text or product or something like that. That right. said, um, you're probably like, okay, but how do I, uh, how do like, how do I get my creative juices flowing? Well, that's all part of my toolbox. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it my toolbox, um, my critical thinking toolbox, which are just series of different questions that you can ask to start poking away at at a certain post, such as, okay, you're looking at a post. What assumptions did the creator make here that they haven't accounted for in their text? Mm-hmm. Call them out. What voices aren't represented in this post? And what would those voices probably say? What are the consequences of believing this post? So now we're starting to look at the second, third, fourth, fifth order effects. Okay, if this is true, so what? So what? What does that mean? What's the application there? Um, How consistent is this information with what you've heard, with what this creator has posted an example? You said something too. When I can relate to the post... That gets me to engage. So what are some examples in your life of how you relate it? Wow, this really engages me because this one time, da, 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 you're describing an experience that shows it's almost like your resume, right? In a way, um, as long as you're not being braggadocious about it. Um, there are so many, a lot of people say like, use your comments to some of the main points of the article. That's pretty easy. But synthesize it so that you can think through things. And... And so that's a great post. I agree that main point one, main point two, main point three. Especially yeah. now there's an actual, and I forget the URL of it, but there, and there's probably more than one. There are different software that you can run through. Because I, I know there are some people who are leaving comments that I know are created by ChatGPT. It's just obvious they just sound so chat gpt ish i can't even explain they're just marketing speak which was another post that i had that went viral actually i did a thing on that but yeah so i'm excited because you have created this fantastic pdf for people who are interested in all this and so all the things that you talked about everyone who's listening you don't have to remember it all because there's more all of that and more we'll put a link in the show notes and it's a beautiful PDF, which I'm really impressed with, <laughs> Anna, when you showed that to me. I'm like, this is like totally professional grade. And, and so I, it's awesome. And I appreciate you doing that. But where else can people find you too? So LinkedIn and any other place that you want to promote? You know what? I just want to promote LinkedIn here because that's, that's where the fun is. That's where the playground is. Everything you need to know about me. You can probably find out through LinkedIn, but not like the fact that I went to a lake house for a vacation last week. I don't know that stuff. <laughs> or that you had like a special breakfast that was, you know, <laughs> something. Yeah, I mean, that post their foods because I'm like, I want that. And I put it out to restaurants that serve that type of food in Brazil in my small town. But um, anyway, for what it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. And now I'm going to go over all the notes in your PDF and make sure that I'm adhering to, to all the best practices. So thanks again for being here. Thanks, Linda. And that is a wrap of today's episode. I hope you found some actionable advice that you can use to help you improve your copy conversions. And for even more copywriting exclusive tips, 
Be sure to click the link in the show notes to sign up for my weekly newsletter so you don't miss a beat. And as always, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a review. It really helps me out. Talk again soon.